Hey everybody, welcome to Talkin' Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode two of season two. It's February the 7th. I'm Kyle. I'm here with my co-host, Trey. Trey, how you doing? Hey, Kyle. Doing great. We just got done with the class. We're heading into the Super Bowl in Daytona. Life is great right now. Yeah, it's certainly very exciting. Uh, pitchers and catchers report, at least our, our our dear Pittsburgh Pirates report next Wednesday. So spring is definitely on the horizon. The clash is now over with. The thank last God. corner. Of, yes, thank God. <laughs> um <laughs> The last hangover of the the, the fall sports being uh, the NFL season, concluding this Sunday with the 49ers and Chiefs Super Bowl. But after that, we're getting into NASCAR season and uh, that final hockey stretch. So it's some exciting stuff on the horizon here for the sports world. Trey, we'll jump right into the clash. First and foremost, this class this clash was scheduled for Sunday. Gets moved to Saturday. I actually didn't even get to watch the race live. I watched a recording of it Sunday morning. What do you think about the move? Yeah, I had to do the same thing. Uh, but I think that it was the right call by NASCAR from what I've seen. Obviously not, you know, super fluent in Southern California weather and weather cycles. But to my understanding, they got hit pretty good there with the storm for a couple of days. And being that this is a non-points race, non, you know, doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things race, NASCAR very quickly probably would have had to cancel this if they tried to race this on Sunday. You know, maybe they could have tried to run it Monday. Sounds like the rain was still going on. And then these teams have to get down to, to Daytona and, and get ready for speed week in, in the 500. So it sounds like this was the right call. I'm definitely unfortunate for fans that were planning on going Sunday night. But at the end of the day, it's uh, better that at least some got to see it as opposed to no one would have got to see it. I agree. And I think the verbiage that... Uh that Jeff Gluck used was they had understood when the race was not going to run at its scheduled time and date that 100% of the fans that plan on seeing it, were not going to see the race regardless of what happened. So the best adjustment they could make was running this on Saturday, running, uh, you know, a recorded version of it on Sunday in the morning. It does suck because it's an event that you, you build up in your mind. It's kind of the conclusion of the off season, but I mean, it is at the end of the day, it is the clash. It was still well, more well thought of, at least according to Gluck's poll, than a lot of the last uh, clashes before they moved it to Los Angeles. So uh, all in all, not too bad. The racing, however, was its usual bumper cars, for lack of a better term. Uh, Trey, what do you think of what we saw out there would end up being on Saturday? The racing absolutely sucked. Like, it was just glorified bumper cars where guys were beating and banging at, you know, 70 miles an hour in every corner, and then you get fights afterwards over a meaningless race it just it was stupid pointless move it back to Daytona yeah I, I I'm more fond of the Daytona race but it does seem that the Daytona race has its own uh issues it, it like looking back at Glock's pull the last race pulled at 20 percent of if it was a good race where this race pulled I think 51 percent so it's like damned if you do damned if you don't with the clash the issue, the biggest issue with Daytona is just cost. And everybody's out there uh, worried if they're going to go tear up race cars. They usually end up doing it, playing scared. But that kind of takes away from the racing itself at the clash. 
but it's just I think the better thing to do. Everything should be in Daytona. Um, that's the more traditional thing. But at the very least, I'm kind of over the clash. If they're going to make the clash sort of a one-off spin-off event, I'm at least over it in Los Angeles. You know, I've gotten my fill of it, and it just sort of is what it is. But like you mentioned, Trey, it's it's nonsensical. And then the the problems we got after it involving Logano and Gibbs was just obscure. <laughs> like, why? How could you? How could you get upset over that? I mean, the expectation should be going in that you are not going to be raced fairly, and that's really not anything personal. That's just because you've got a football field length of track, and you've got these cup cars bouncing into each other. Somebody's going to get pissed off. I think it's better just let it roll off your back. Yeah, it's a quarter-mile track in a race that essentially means nothing. I think that there was maybe some prize money or whatever, but for these guys, it was essentially nothing, and like it's going to happen. It's it's worse than your normal short track. And you see that even there. So now we're going to say that half the size of our shortest short, short track, and you're not, you're expecting not to get hit moved around. You're not going to pass people based on speed. You're going to pass people based on bumping them out of the way. So I don't know. I thought that that was a bit silly from Joey Logano and, and Ty Gibbs there at the end. I mean, I, I'm certainly one that likes to see my fair share of fighting and, and words being exchanged and even fisticuffs at the end of a race, but save it for when it really matters. Yeah. I mean, you don't see too many bench clearing brawls in spring training. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Um, it, it's just uh, no point getting worked up this early. And it's like, if you watch the clips back, it's like, okay, Joey, like really wanted to talk here, dude. Yeah. And even in, even after he had time to cool down, he was even making comments after like, for Ty Gibbs that he better watch out moving forward and stuff. It's like, dude, it's the clash. It's not that real. Yeah. And it's like the guy's a two-time cup series champion. He's been in the league. He's been that kid specifically where he comes in. He's very young, a lot of expectations. In this case, Gibbs carries the Gibbs name. Uh, people do not cut him very many breaks and whether that's his fault or not, he does have some, I think some personality issues that rub some people the wrong way, but overall I think he's going to be a very good cup series driver. Um, but you would just think that Joey of all people would understand, all right, this is the clash. Like this happens at Martinsville in a, in a few weeks, like, you know, I'll say something, but as for right now, this is a bit much and I'm not sure why he took such offense to it, but Trey, it turned out to be, even though it was a weird race, weird scheduling errors, the pod goes one, two on the podium. It's a Denny Hamlin win. Kyle Busch finishes second. But perhaps the most impressive thing was Ryan Blaney coming all the way from the back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely a good start to the season for us. Uh, definitely a momentum builder, even though it means nothing. And this isn't a prelude to anything. I mean, it very easily could have, you know, Kyle Bush and Denny Hamlin battling for the last playoff spot come, come the time. I don't necessarily think that'll be the case, but this means mm -hmm. nothing in the grand scheme of things. But I guess if you're going to have it, I, I would have, hope that Kyle would have went one and Denny two, but for the pod, for the hopes, I think that it was a, a good builder. Yeah. I mean, those guys well-established short track racers. This is, uh, I mean, this is, I don't even know what to call the clash. It's, it's such its own thing. But when you look at what they've done at Bristol or Martinsville, those guys are just very good on the short tracks. No surprise there. Kyle's been very good in this event period since they've started having the clash. So it was an entertaining last few laps. Um, I'm glad it ran relatively green. You know, it wasn't like it was the couple years ago where it's like you couldn't get the damn thing over with. So it was pretty entertaining in the sense that my guy won and I can live with that. <laughs> but other than that, it was just the same old clash. 
I think I saw that uh, Kyle Busch is the only one that's finished on the podium all three years at the Clash. He hasn't gotten that win yet, but uh, hopefully we don't. He doesn't have a chance to do it again at the Coliseum. Yeah. No. No. I'll propose this question to you, kind of on the spot here. So feel free to answer any way you want. You can't have it at Daytona. What does the Clash look like for you next year? Good question. I think you could definitely like maintain like that short track feel and go to a place like Bristol. You know, it's on the East Coast, so these guys aren't kind of jumping back and forth because we'll go out to California and Vegas shortly after Daytona. Um, so a place like Bristol, it's a historic venue for for NASCAR motorsports. So I think you could draw a big crowd. You could build some hype into it. I think the chances of destroying cars at the at short tracks are a little bit less than like any of the, the super speedways. Um, mm. And Bristol typically has some exciting racing. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like that idea a lot, especially because I mean, I think the counter argument, I mean, if you remember a long time ago, we got snow in Bristol when it's was normally scheduled in like April, but it just doesn't seem like we get too many winners like that right now. So maybe they, maybe they roll the dice on that. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I wouldn't mind seeing if they were like, we're going to go, run a few laps at Homestead, you know, keep everything in Florida, run, run Charlotte or something. I I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's, there's a chance it snows, but it's not any different than if it rained in California. I mean, at worst, it's just chilly. Like it's yeah. really not. I mean, I get that it's Virginia in February, but I don't know, man. I, I just think they should be racing on a race track and not a, a football field personally. Yeah, I mean, weather really shouldn't be a factor considering we did have to just move a race from Sunday to Saturday because of historic rains. Um, so it, it it's something that can happen anywhere, and I guess you take your chances that maybe it's a little bit cold. I mean, you can run in pretty much any temperature. It's just a matter of uh, if it snows or not. So and yeah. I think that I think that in the middle, early February, you take your chances down in Bristol that it's not going to. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to see something like that. But, Trey, moving out of that, we know that the Clash has been something NASCAR has been trying to market, but on and we've kind of been critical of it. I mean, overall, I don't think it's a bad thing. The, the fan response of it is a little more favorable than the last few Clash races at Daytona, like we already pointed out. But some stuff that I do want to give NASCAR credit for that I think they're just nailing right now is two things. One is this Netflix documentary. It's very entertaining, and obviously they're not – an original it's not an original idea f1 has already done it i know uh the pga or some sanctioned golf you know uh, there's a quarterback doc but this is really good people love binging this kind of stuff it definitely got a lot more eyes on formula one racing hopefully it does the same for nascar and the second thing is uh i noticed this morning uh as a habitual online shopper that i am that they had a drop of 47 brand and Going through that, they really did a, a nice job with this merch drop. Almost every popular driver not only has personalized hats where, you know, like for for example, like Brad Keselowski, you know, number six, uh, Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing, but they included the sponsors, Trey. I know I sent you um, some of Kyle Bush's merchandise. Typically, it has not been available to get the most up-to-date merchandise uh, for the fans, which has always been a critical point for me. Not just because you want to support your driver, but if you're trying to get people invested in the sport, you can benefit by getting your brand out there, especially when you've noticed if you look at pop culture, the old NASCAR stuff's real, really out there. Like you'll see some TikTok star in a Jeff Gordon jacket. She has no idea who Jeff Gordon is, but 
to those who do or might be curious, it's Jeff Gordon and it's NASCAR. And NASCAR, I think, is finally stepping up to the plate with that sort of thing. And I think 47 brand is a great brand to do it with. And uh, I know I bought some stuff for myself. It was really, uh, really some nice apparel out there. So if you guys haven't checked it out and you're fans of that sort of thing, certainly go check it out. But I think that those two things, Trey, I'd love to get your opinion on it. But I think that they really nailed. Yeah, we'll start off with the Netflix documentary. I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I've seen really good reviews about it. And this is the type of thing that helps sports and people and interests take off. Even if it's short-lived, the initial hype, I think that you will find a base of people that come to the sport and start following the sport because of this. Obviously, everyone that watches it isn't going to stick around as a fan, not naive enough to believe that. But I think that this is a good starting spot and it's a good way to see the driver's personalities because I think a lot of times in sports, that's what draws you to liking a player or liking a team is not so much what they do on the field or on the court or on the track, but what type of person they are outside and that personality. The guys that are, you know, unless you're a superstar, the guys that are, you know, outgoing and very bubbly with their personality and doing things in the community that people can see, that's typically the type of people that fans are drawn to. Um, obviously, if you're just a natural born superstar, it doesn't matter what kind of personality you have. But in our sport, I think getting personalities out there is a huge thing. And then the 47 brand drop is a really big deal to me because I think a lot of times when you go to like a, you know, Richard Childress racing uh, shop or Joe Gibbs racing shop, you find that they're, the gear is cool, but it's a lot of it is just put as many sponsors on this t-shirt as you can possibly fit uh, to get our sponsors, their recognition and people will buy it because that's like the NASCAR brand. Uh, but I think this 47 brand drop had a lot of just like just bet MGM or just bet or just Lucas oil for, for Kyle Bush or Morgan and Morgan that very like simple designs that weren't like these super flashy uh, items that like you can buy and easily wear places. I feel like a lot of times with theirs, it's like, oh, you can only wear it to a sporting event or to a NASCAR race because it's so flashy and doesn't maybe fit the the attire from, from most places. Yeah, I think that's a great point with that. It really is something that you could wear casually. I mean, I mean, I'll wear NASCAR stuff out, I won't lie, but this kind of stuff reminded me of the old T-shirts of the 90s and 2000s. Um, and I know some of those got pretty loud and crazy as well, but you know, it's just, it's very plain, very to the point. This is a driver. I like, this is, this is what it is. It was just clear and, and, and not, and plain isn't the right word. It's just clear. And I like that a lot. Um, I think that's big for NASCAR because even if somebody doesn't watch the races, it's better to have the name out there, better to have your gear out there and, and circling in popular channels. So I, I got to give NASCAR credit to both of those things. And as far as the NASCAR doc, it's been pretty good uh, so far. So um, I, I think if you haven't seen that as well, you should definitely check it out. But Trey, the time is finally here. Next week, we're going to have Daytona Speed Weeks. Now, we are going to have a show next week to when we really dive into the race and give more of our picks and how we feel about the race itself. Um, but as far as right now, Trey, the schedule looks as Wednesday qualifying has been as of recently. And Thursday duels, and then obviously the race will be on Sunday, bearing some sort of extreme change like we've seen, but I doubt that. So that's what the schedule looks like right now. Trey, how are we feeling as we go into Daytona, Daytona next week? Super exciting. This is one of those weeks that you actually sit down and watch 
qualifying and watch, you know, obviously there's no other place that has the duels, but I feel like a lot of times you get caught up in whatever, everything else that's going on for when they normally run qualifying and practice, but for Daytona, I definitely, at least personally set this time aside. I'm going to watch this because this means to start an NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, you take it all in. There's a uniqueness to it, especially nowadays when we really don't have qualifying practice uh, as, as readily available as it used to be. I mean, definitely practice, obviously it doesn't exist really at all. So uh, it's going to be fun. Um, it's not, I mean, I don't even, do we even have practice now? It's really just coming to me. I don't think so. I think we just go out there to qualify, which is nuts. Yeah. I don't really think that there's much practice anymore. It's just, yeah, it's, it's abbreviated. Yeah. Yeah. It's abbreviated speed week, which it's in my opinion is not as fun. I, I know that, so much of the changes are about mitigating risk to race cars and they're so expensive, but a lot of the appeal of the next gen car was, wasn't it supposed to be like easier to take a couple licks and keep running? Like they already, so they take away practice and they, they're not going to give away or they're not going to give back horsepower because they're worried about keeping engine costs down, which I feel like is a freaking myth. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know, but yeah, this is one of the weeks where things are really stretched out and I always enjoy that. Um, one thing I really want to keep my eye on is that Toyota uh, body change. I want to see how that does um, with the drafting. I feel like they have been okay recently, but nobody like Ford. Ford's been able to draft real good for for the next gen so far. So hopefully this brings uh, Toyota a little closer to the field as a as a Gibbs fan. But at the very least, I think they look pretty cool. So even if they're freaking tractors out there, maybe they'll look sick. Yeah, Ford definitely figured this one out quickly um so definitely i saw toyota made a change i don't think chevy made any kind of change in their body or any noticeable uh improvements there i'm sure that they tweak some things um but toyota definitely making a a leap to try and try and get better on these these tracks and also now having a few extra drivers in their court uh with that legacy team i think will be really exciting to see how that all unfolds right away yeah, I think it's going to be exciting. And I tell you what, I take a last place finish at Daytona if it meant that they could show some speed at Phoenix for once. So hopefully this has some has the makings of a good year for our drivers on it. We're really on the doorstep now. Uh, Trey, I know you're excited. I, I am as well. But uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Talk Talk Pod. As always, we appreciate uh, you guys tuning in. And uh, we always want to know where you're rooting from and who you're rooting for. So be sure to check us out in the DMs. And we'll see you for Speed Week next week.